So one of the players asked me, OG, what do you do? I'm going to read you my reply. Not going to say who the individual was. So they said, uh, hey, what do you think? I said, man, it's hard to watch. And I said, what you can do is study and learn. You all are not going to win. But how do you become smarter when a time comes either with a new team or a better coach or next year or the year after when you're ready? That's the best I could tell you. I said, I don't miss the emotional roller coaster that you guys are going to be on for the, for the remainder of the season. If I'm on this team right now, I'm on the ledge, bro. I'm, first of all, if I was on this team, I would ask to be traded. A cut to an emergency podcast. We unfortunately have the to report that head coach Matt Rule is no his services are no longer needed, required, or even allowed, even if he chooses to, to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Um, David Tepper has decided that he will move on, and the interim head coach is former defensive coordinator, uh, the current secondaries coach, former Arizona Cardinals head coach, Steve Wilkes. My first reaction was what took so long? Because um, man, oh man, was, was this not, we hear it every time a college coach comes to the NFL, like, can he make that transition? It's not for everybody. And it Correct. does not seem to be uh, a format rule. Uh, what was your initial reaction? Obviously, you're down there right now. Are people happy? Are people shocked? Like, what's what's the I, temperature? Well, I haven't I haven't really uh, taken a, a, a temperature or a poll of what what people believe or not. Um, I was actually I knew something was up because I started getting a whole bunch of texts. I was uh, I was running a few errands uh, around town uh, preparing for tomorrow's show, mm-hmm. and uh, got this news and. Uh, one, I'm happy for uh, Coach Wilkes. I, I, I like Coach Wilkes. I think he's a super intelligent, uh, well-rounded, uh, very respected in the locker room, whether he's a head coach, defense coordinator, or, or, or the uh, corners coach, uh, secondaries coach. Um, my, my first reaction in my mind out loud, like if I, if I put the cameras away and I, and I go, what's my reaction? My first reaction is, um, what is a legitimate or realistic expectation of a turnaround. Because I don't necessarily see Steve Wilkes turning this team around, not because I don't think it, it, I don't think Steve Wilkes can. I'm just asking, where's this turnaround going to come from? Is Baker Mayfield all of a sudden going to be able to uh, shoot out, be, be in a shootout? Or 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 uh, or, ath- or out athletic, Lamar Jackson come week ten. Like I, I just don't see it. I, especially based off what we've seen in the in the first what five weeks. Right. I don't see Baker Mayfield all of a sudden not hesitating uh, in his throw like I saw him do this past weekend less than twenty four hours ago, um, or almost twenty four hours ago. Uh, throwing a pick, a pick six to uh, Mosley, like he hesitates and throws that pick. Now all of a sudden he's not going to hesitate because Steve Wilkes is a head coach. 
right? And, and I'm just throwing out there why and what is all of a sudden going to change because there's a new head coach. Because even with a new head coach, there's still some of the same players. Yeah. yeah. Right? Defensively, I, I don't know if Phil Snow's staying, but do you think defensively, um, because maybe possibly under a new team, that they'll get better? Because the scheme is the scheme. Why was Matt Rule fired? Matt Rule fired because defensively, this team, the Carolina Panthers, are really good. They are. I mean, they get they get winded because they're on the field so much because the yeah. offense is dead last in a lot of statistical categories. Didn't get beyond the beyond. The, they did not get into the 49ers territory until late into the game. Right, but offensively, total offense last, scoring 17th. And I think that's being gracious. I'm going to say that's crazy um, high for what I would have guessed. Me too. Rushing 24th, which is puzzling, right? Yeah. With CMC, passing 30th, third down, last. Sacks, 23rd, turnover, 16, red zone, 26, big plays, 30th. Yards per play, 27th. Statistic, over the last, th- over the last three years, the Carolina Panthers are 1-27. Mm-hmm. When the Panthers opponents score at least 17 points or more, pretty much if you sneeze, <laughs> you're going to beat the Carolina Panthers. What I saw right before we hopped on, too, because I just wanted to – I was going to say the 1-27 thing – over that same stretch, the Chicago Bears have averaged 17 points. And I don't think many of us are sitting here saying, like, what a prolific offense the Chicago Bears have. What's a legitimate turnaround? And is this is, is it possible to turn this team around? So I guess my first question is, what do you, you mean turnaround for this year? I, I don't know. Because right. you're firing the coach. for What is firing the coach for what? They need change, right? To, uh, you know, I know generally was this, to change up the message, to change up, um, you know, what things, how, how things are. But you're changing it up with what, though? So for me, it would be, if I'm the Carolina Panthers, I'm like, there's no rush to, like, to like if I, I believe too many teams try and half-ass rebuilds where they're like, let's put some patchwork here. Like, if you had a crack in your basement, a crack in your foundation, and you Mm. didn't tend to it properly, the crack's going to keep reappearing just because you put some stucco on it. If you don't truly fix whatever the true problem is, all these, it's, it's cosmetic. You're, you're putting paint on something that needs cement. You know what I mean? So if we're talking about their draft capital and how it's been mismanaged the last couple of years, that's where I would start. I would start by seeing, all right, who are some of these guys we don't think are long-term solutions here? Let's try and trade them off, get some more draft capital. Let's really embrace a youth movement. So if you're a player on that team and you think you're going to be there a few more years now, what are you hoping this firing See, accomplishes? That, that is a, someone, I, I did have a player reach out to me uh, last night. So they and knew last said, night? What'd you say? The players knew last night? No, no, no. I, the players did not know last night. I, I, I don't even believe Matt Rule knew. I, I, I have not talked to Tepper. 
uh, about this. So I'm, I'm going on speculation. A lot of times when stuff like this happens, I don't talk to individuals or, or, or sources in that organization because I, I don't want the, the team or the source feels like that I'm taking right. um, our conversation and, and basically benefiting from it. And so I, I intentionally uh, did not speak to Tepper uh, on purpose. Now, uh, heading to this podcast last week, I spoke to a source on the team and I actually talked to Mr. Tepper uh, Monday, heading in yesterday, and it was about a 30-minute conversation about a, a wide range of topics. And yes, we did a, a, a glance over or a hovercraft or hover over the Carolina Panthers and some of that stuff. Um, but I, I would imagine this is how it went down, okay? Now, this is not coming from Mr. Tepper. So this is just my assumption based off knowing Mr. Tepper, knowing uh, his passion for winning, uh, his frustration for not being a winner, his competitiveness. Matt Rule has a press conference earlier this morning. And in his press conference, he spoke as if he was the head coach still of the Carolina Panthers. So that tells me one thing only, that he must have met with Mr. Tepper prior to that. I know he met with him after the game. It was a home game. I know mm -hmm. Mr. Tepper generally says so he, they talk. after, Especially if it's a home game, they talk. He's going to give you his opinion whether you like it or not. <laughs> right? So they talked. I'm probably thinking he, just like his press conference, sometimes uh, Matt Rule will say things that really you just kind of look like, hey, I was at the game. That, that didn't transpire. That didn't happen. And I believe Matt got into the, like he said, we need to score more points. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Don't say. <laughs> and Mr. Chair probably didn't sleep, but just napped on it. And got up this morning and said, nah, that didn't sit well with me. I can't imagine. Yeah. And Rule has the meeting, has the press conference. I believe it was at like 10. And then after that, you hear that he's been let go. He probably said some stuff that Tebow was just like, I'm sick of this. Because there's times where I even hear Matt Rule say some things, and I'm kind of like, what? I, I, do I like or dislike Matt Rule? I wasn't pretty fond of him originally, but this last uh, training camp, I was around him quite, quite a bit. I actually like Matt Rule. So one of the players asked me, OG, what do you do? What do you do? And I'm going to reply. I'm going to read you my reply. I'm not going to say who the individual was. So they said, uh, hey, what do you think? I said, it's hard to watch. This was Sunday? Sunday night? This was, this was about 10 o'clock last night. Okay. Somebody, somebody texted me. I'm not going to say who. No, of course. I said, man, it's hard to watch. I also said, the one thing, though, um, Baker hasn't been playing great, 
but I don't believe that the offense coordinator has dialed up the plays in the game to help Baker and help this offense. The one thing I did observe that I am concerned about as a fellow wide receiver is I am concerned at how Baker's going to get one of these wide receivers hurt because he was out there at the end of the game. He was out there throwing some blue tent balls. I can tell you that. DJ got hit pretty good. Robbie got hit pretty good. Shy got hit pretty good. Um, it was at one point, he was just kind of, you could see him. He Even when guys weren't even coming, he was he, he was double tapping and acting like, you know, it was just, he didn't just, he didn't seem comfortable. But he, here's what I, guys. yeah, here's, here's what I said to this individual that's a current player. I said, it reminds me of when Jimmy Clausen was here. Oh, no. Right? And I said, what you can do is study and learn. You all are not going to win. But how do you become smarter when a time comes either with a new team or a better coach or next year or the year after when you're ready? That's the best I could tell you. I said, I don't miss the emotional roller coaster that you guys are going to be on for the, for the remainder of the season. If I'm on this team right now, I'm on the ledge, bro. I'm, first of all, if I was on this team, I would ask to be traded. Really? Yes. How, like, after this game or much earlier in the season? Two weeks ago, I would ask to be traded. So you would have started the year there. You would have tried. You would have given it a shot. I would have given it two, years and, two weeks, and then I would, I'm out. I'm done. Gone. Is it just because of is it because of the, the coach, I, I think the, it, the quarterback play, all of it? I just just watching just watching this offense. Right? You got Christian McCaffrey. He's he's stunned. Stallion. DJ Moore. Where do I fit in? Where do I fit in in this offense? You're not getting the ball to CJ, so oh, you're gonna give it to me? You're not getting the ball to Robbie Anderson, so you're going to give it to me. You're not getting the ball to DJ Moore, you're going to give it to me. Like, where? Where Where do you fit? What, what gives me hope that the transition of Steve Wilkes, which I believe will help, but there are some glaring deficiencies on this offense that has nothing to do with the coach, it has to do with lack of execution. I, I'm just not sure what's going to happen. So what? Because I almost feel bad for Wilkes. He got a raw deal in Arizona, and now he oh, he got a crooked deal in Arizona. He had no, he had no shot. No, they, and they, now, they, but now he inherits, had, inherits this. Yes, he inherit he inherits this. A uh, Scott Fitter, a general manager, I, which I believe in. But some people are, you know, saying, well, it's his fault, but people got to go back and look and remember the contract. Matt Rule had final say over the final roster, right. which I believe was a mistake. But when you're a college coach, right, let's just break down. Let's, let's, let's break down. Again, I don't have anything against Matt Rule, but I do think there is a, a huge difference between college coaches and NFL coaches. And, I, and let's break down college coaches and why college sometimes college coaches when you hire one can get you in trouble let's do it when you think of college coach what do you think of 
vibes kind of like I it's it's a lot of dealing with kids uh like help helping teens become young men more or less yeah. so it, it's more you could be, be a dope babysitter in the pros right I'm, sure. I'm not gonna sit here and say that that was the most mature uh professional uh, uh all 16 years of my career you i know shocker huh <laughs> But it's also like, I feel like in college, half, more than half the job's recruiting, especially at big programs, as opposed to the coaching itself. Let me, let me, let me uh, give you an understanding, right? So in college, coaches, sometimes in most, have you ever seen a 30 for 30 on? Uh, SMU? No. Okay. I've seen that one. That was pretty good. Phil Knight. <laughs> Okay, yeah. No, Phil Knight is Nike. I'm sorry. Uh, Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of the same you guy. You ever seen that 30 for 30 on Bobby Knight? Mm -hmm. It's pretty remarkable because Bobby Knight for basketball is how college coaches are for like uh, Alabama, for how Matt Rule was for, for Baylor, uh, how... Urban Meyer was for Ohio State, how Kyle Winningham is for University of Utah. Do you know in, in now in colleges, there are some head coaches at colleges who are more powerful than the athletic director? They're more powerful Sometimes than more the governors. Than the president of the school. So. I mean, we saw it in Pennsylvania. Some of them are more powerful than the senators and governors of the state. Correct. And why, Steve, what do you, why are you, take, take, land this plane. Well, first we're going to have to hit this turbulence first. But think about this. A head coach in college, he has say over who and who, who and how things are marketed, who's on a program, who's on a media guide, who's on the tickets, how the boosters interact, who comes, who goes, who has parking, who doesn't have parking, what booster is allowed to have access, what booster is not allowed to have access, what booster powers are, re are revoked, ticket office, all of that, how things are set up. And that's what football league, that doesn't happen. When you're the head coach for the, play for, for, uh, the Panthers or for a team, you don't have say over how sponsorship wants people to come out to practice or not. You're just there to give us a good show and tell us what time. But the ticket office has a ticket office president or director who deals with that, not the college coach. But in college, I mean in, in pros, but yeah. in college, you're in charge of that. So sometimes that, that, that comes up, it gets a little wonky. Where college coaches come up and they believe that they have control over everything. No, they're, they're, they're other supervisors in other areas. You are just coaching football. So sometimes that's why college coaches don't, they get it confused of how much power they have. They start, you know, college coaches worried about what you, you know, what guys are listening to before the game or any of that stuff. There's a lot of things that, that, that have gone on in college that they have control over because they're young men who are basically there and 
and hanging on and there and a lot of people I don't think people know but most scholarships even with a in college especially in football that it doesn't go as well they can revoke your scholarship at any moment real fast but it, it, it's less it, it, it's it's more it happens more and more so they let you they bury you on the roster and they let you uh, go on the transfer for a uh, transfer portal Ain't no transfer portal when you're a free agent. Man, making $10 million and you don't want to play him, guess what? Ah, hand me tight. Mm-hmm. I just think this, I think the transition of this team, I, I, I don't think as a fan, alumni, being part of the organization, I don't think this, I don't, I'm not sure how fast things are going to turn around. Because you still have the quarterback at, at, at his position. You still got a rookie lineman who, you know, Iki Aquano, who's going to be really good, but he's not going to get good all of a sudden going against Aaron Donald. He's not going to get good <laughs> going against the Bucks, going against Grady Jacks. Uh, what is it? Uh, Jared. Jared Grady against the Falcons. Uh, he's not going to get better going against Trey Henderson with the Bengals. If you were named the GM of the Panthers today, obviously mm-hmm. rules already gone. What would be your so first what would I moves? do? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah. What, what would be, I do? What would be your first, second, and third moves? First move is I got to look at – first move is I got to it, – it's a multiple. There's a ton of moves. First move is I'll get my scouts, and I'm going to listen to them and say, what are we – tell us what are we doing. And if you were scouting us, what would you do against them? What should we remove? What should stay as far as in the game plan? Like looking at the totality, getting the, getting the data, and we sit there and, and what we say is, hey, hey, men, tell your wives, tell your girlfriends, tell your, kiss your kids. We about to have some all-nighters. Don't expect to go home in the next couple of weeks. We're going to have to figure this out. Hey, the best time about fall, you get you some lime, you get you some weed eaters, you some of it, you got to get you some grass killer too. You got to aerate, get you a tiller, and you're going to have to uproot some of those, some of those bad patches in your front yard. Let the HOA know yard under construction. That's what you're going to have to do. I think you sent Baker because Baker right now, we've seen this story before. Baker right now is physically hurt. He's not 100%. You need your legs. When you're stepping in and throwing a football, you need to be able to sit in the pocket, not skittish, sit in the pocket, plant your feet, and follow through. He's in a walking boot. Yeah, That's not a good sign. No. Baker is a grinder. He's passionate. He wants to play. He's going to, he, you know, he wakes up dangerous, right? He's going to do all that stuff. I don't need him. I don't need him playing hurt. Every time Baker has played hurt in the body of work of Baker, he's gotten worse, not better. Right. Baker has to sit while he's injured. Put in P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker gets in, and they act, the offense actually looked a little bit different. Yeah, they were playing prevent, 
I don't have control over what the opposing team does because if we did, we would have asked the San Francisco 49ers to play prevent the first series of the game. So all 60 we got minutes, yeah. All 60 minutes prevent. Play that college. Yeah. So that's so you know, sit Baker, uh, figure out, get under center. Don't do the RPO game. Just if you're gonna run, run. If you're gonna pass, pass. Give me pistol, give me shotgun, but give me some plays under center too. Give Christian McCaffrey the football. Give De- Deontay Foreman the football. DJ. I may deactivate, I may actually deactivate Chuba Hubbard. Right now, because sometimes he doesn't make some of the best decisions. He kind of he does some things sometimes. I kind of scratch my head. He's still in, and I don't I don't know what what that's from or why. Um, why receiver? Why is it? You know, I I've heard that uh, Rashad Higgins isn't playing much, but he's active every week because he has the ability. He knows all the positions, and knowledge is value. Play him then if he's dressed. Yeah. Find out. Play him. Don't just have him as a security blanket. And you're getting beat. What? What's? Why is he a security blanket if you're getting beat? He should be playing. Yeah. House is on fire. You got a fire extinguisher and you're just saving it for the next fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody else is trapped in the house. <laughs> So it, do you think rule was the only issue in the coaching staff as a whole? Well, I, 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 as they say, it starts at the top, right? For sure. So Matt, Matt Rule is a head coach, so everything, all the deficiencies trickle down. Mm-hmm. Offensively, Matt Rule is notoriously known for, I guess, offense. But what his line of work, what he majored in, was not effective. This offense has struggled from day one since he's been a head coach. I don't. Baker Mayfield's not going to fix it. Sam Darnold isn't going to fix it. I, I, I find it intriguing. Cam Newton got here. He didn't fix it. I got. I so. Interesting thing about Cam Newton, right? Bringing Cam Newton up only for this as an example. You put Cam Newton in, he gets here. Actually, last year he got here around the Arizona game. You put him in and splash plays. He makes an impact. Cam Newton hadn't been here long enough to absorb the whole playbook. And you let him run two minutes. And then throw him under the bus and say that he needs to know the whole playbook. How? Right. How does he know the whole playbook when the man just got here 17 days ago? Like, those are the little things that, like, when I sit there and I question, like, well, how, how, how is that good coaching? Why don't you let PJ, who's been there, who knows your offense, and he is the reason why, because of the history, you brought him from Temple where you coached him so he knows your stuff. Hence, if your quarterback who's played in the XFL, plays in the NFL, played for you in college, still knows your system, 
that means you haven't evolved as offensive. Yeah, coach. true. Anyway, um, right. Which means if you haven't evolved and your former quarterback, you're still running possibly these plays. Not sure if that is the case. Possibly these plays. What do you think the scouting department for the opposing teams do? Right. You think they're not watching those same plays that P.J. Walker was running in Temple that you might be running in NFL, man, we call this in the NFL, and men play on Thursdays, Mondays, and Sundays, but you're running plays that little boys are running on Saturdays? <laughs> Do you think this was rushed in terms of his elevation to the NFL? Because like, I, when, I yeah. when I think of college coaches that, have succeeded in the NFL after crashing and burning in the NFL, it's Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, yeah. when he was in New England, there were stories he would he would try and punish the guys like they were college kids. He would yeah. he would say, um like he'd cuss someone out during practice, say, see me after practice, I'm gonna make you run the stairs. And then once everyone got in the locker room, he would just throw a cup of water in the guy's face, be like, now it looks like at least I made you sweat and go back to the locker room. And he lasted, I think, two years in New England. Went back to USC, built uh, uh, something real sturdy, uh, ran away from that problem before it fell on his lap, got to the Seahawks, obviously has had more success the second time around. Is this something where Rule, after going to Nebraska or wherever he goes, can get another shot? He just got to this point too quick in his career, or do you think he's done? Well, I think he got... I here's the I, I think it's uh, uh, it's the chicken and the egg effect. There's so many, there's so much turnover and recycling mm-hmm. of coaches in the NFL that owners are so thirsty to have a fresh perspective because some college co- some pro coaches are not successful in one team, but you add a few players, all of a sudden they look different. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Marty Schottenheimer didn't have great years all the time, but he, he, his, his success adjusted based on his players. With the Redskins, he didn't do great. Man, he was unbelievable with the, at the time, the San, Di- San Diego Chargers. Killed it, Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I, I love Marty Schottenheimer, rest in peace. God rest his soul. I love Marty Schottenheimer. But Marty Schottenheimer hit some bad, some bad times too. And I, I'm just, I, I believe owners are so uh, looking for a fresh perspective because you can get, you know, if you work in any business long enough, you can get jaded to a point of where the small things you just overlook at times because that's just part of coming with the, ter- that just comes with the territory. So that's why I think that's why Sean McVay is such uh, a, a great hire because he was young. He was he wasn't well he wasn't sorted out after he wasn't well known. It was even sometimes this isn't gonna work. Oh yeah. And look oh, at Sean yeah. McVay now, right? But it also Les Need and Sean McVay work together. They have a game plan that they entrust each other with. Um. Well, see. then you see a lot of owners go after who's the next McVay. Let me hire yeah. directly from his coaching staff. Well, Zach Taylor, right? right? Um, Matt LaFleur. 
Kyle Shanahan. Right? You have, uh, you know, they hire Kyle Shanahan. They have um, John Lynch, who was a TV analyst. People said that wasn't going to work. Nah, look at it. I think it's working out pretty good. Shout out to John Lynch. John Lynch is doing well, Kyle Shanahan. They're figuring it out. Talking about firemen. You know, general you- managers are. General managers, realistically, are firemen. They put out fires. They're a mouthpiece and, and a direct line of communication from the owner to, to the head coach, from the head coach to the general manager to the owner. So, you know, they're, the general manager, is the, he generally manages everything. <laughs> He's the middleman. Yeah. Do you think Matt Rule's still employed if – Jimmy G was the quarterback instead of Baker. Ooh. I think the person that people are not really looking at and we've given a pass to and we're throwing Matt Rule under the bus is Ben McAdoo. Well, that's why I asked about the the other coaches. Because, Because Ben McAdoo, I don't know if you know this, Jimmy G is not mobile. I had a feeling, yeah. But Ben McAdoo has Baker Mayfield acting like he's mobile. Ben McAdoo offense, Ben McAdoo likes mobile quarterbacks. Guess what Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are not? Yeah. Mobile quarterbacks. Now, I think P.J. Walker is a little bit more mobile, but a lot of people don't understand. P.J. Walker likes to throw the ball. P.J. Walker likes to look down the field and, and, and push the ball down the field. So I'm not necessarily sure. But then I also think because PJ is a different personality and a person, I also think that they could probably have some success with his mobility because of him being able to, to, to be on the move and throw the ball and be comfortable and actually be a run threat. Because Baker Mayfield is not a run threat in this mobile offense. And so you don't respect the 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 run pass. You almost like you some. I think some people are laughing because Baker Mayfield on a run does not equal. Oh no, we're scared, right? In in, in regards to Josh Allen, get nervous. Oh yeah, Tua, get nervous. Russell Wilson, when he was with the Seahawks, get nervous. Baker Mayfield, get nervous. Kyler Murray, get nervous. Until it's the last moment at the end of the Philadelphia Eagles game. Did, did I not call this? Did I not say? Yeah. He yeah. leaves plays out on the field. If you were put in the position right now, would still be trying to compete this year. Is that necessarily for this year's playoffs in mind what? or to? What are we competing for? Well, that's what I was, when you were, when I asked you what you would you do. Compete. Here's what you compete. You compete is you you be able you you can you try to compete to be able to, to figure out who stays, who goes. Right. It's still with next year in mind. Oh, next year, yes, <laughs> definitely. Next year was three games ago. Oh, for yeah. sure. Is it so? Do you, when I, now because you're talking about mobile quarterbacks, why why wasn't Malik Willis more of a target in the draft? Is it just because of the lack of capital, the lack of like the holes everywhere. I I think Malik is still, I think Malik, because here's why. 
Malik is still an unfinished product. For sure. There's still some areas in Malik's game that you have to develop. And I, I'm, I think there's an area that I don't think they're, that they can really actually mold him. Because if you get Malik, well, you have Matt too, but if you get Malik right now, Malik could be possibly playing. Oh, definitely. Do you feel comfortable that Malik would have success in this offense? No, I think that I so, think it's so you know what happens? You shatter and you ruin his confidence moving forward. Yeah, end his career pretty you much. You know what you have? You have a potential like a Mac Jones right, a Mac Jones right now, where he or you have a Trade Davis Mills, where you all of a sudden you have put a kid in position a little bit of success, but then heading into the second year, he di- he's digressed. Mm-hmm. Davis Mills was hitting the 61, 64%, 62% completion. He's down to 58, 57. It's a drop back. That that team is is not as good as it used to be. And they were worse off last year. They didn't have a run, they didn't have a, a, a running game last year like they have today. I think this is a part where for the veterans, you have to go in here and you go, how do I get better? How do I learn? How do I sharpen my tool? So when we really go hunting next year, that I know what I'm doing. Do I've now all of a sudden, we go hunting next year, I know how to throw my spear, I know how to use my bow and arrow, I get I know how to get my machete and I, I my, my tracking skills are better. Right? I get on the like I, I I'm getting on the treadmill, I'm getting my cardio ready. Already I'm starting to plan out, you know, not just my vacations, but I'm also planning out my training for next year, also on my vacation, so I can come into camp, whoever the head coach is, and know that as a veteran, I'm not one you're getting rid of. You can trust me. This is a job interview for whoever's going to be the head coach next year. Well, yeah, that I think that would be my last question. How does Steve Wilkes lose that interim t- uh, tag and just be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. What can he do to, to make this his job moving forward? Well, one, Steve Wilkes be himself, and that's very good enough right there. Let's just – let's just Steve Wilkes went to Johnson C. Smith here, uh, went to, to West Mac here in Charlotte. He, he, is, he is Charlotte. Went okay. to Johnson C. Smith, right? He is Charlotte. But I think how he does it is uh, he must figure out the Rubik's Cube of the Carolina Panthers. He needs to figure out how do all the colors match up. And you can't base his success or his ability to interview for this job based on the win and loss record because he's in a three-legged, he's a three-legged animal in a four-legged race. He's already at a disadvantage. This team who is what are they in big big play? 27th in big plays and 30th no, 27th in yards per play and 30th in big plays and 28th in red zone. They do not all of a sudden become in a top 15, top 10. Doesn't happen. 
Yeah, they're not the Chiefs tomorrow. That's not how this works. No, because it ain't no Patrick Mahomes strutting through Mint Street. Not on this roster. No. And it sure ain't no Eric B. Enemy or Andy Reid as a coordinator either. Let's let's get that correct. To summarize, what do we expect? I expect a, I expect the same Carolina Panthers team, a team that'll keep fighting, that's led by their defense, but their offense must step up. They must make some adjustments. I'll be really interested to see how does Phil Snow stay, or is he married? To Matt Rule, are, are they locked hip to hip to where they all ride off in the, in the sunset together? Or is Matt Rule and Phil Snow, or will Phil Snow leave now that Matt Rule's not there? And how will that defense look? Because that defense also, too, in the second half seems to be exposed a little bit in the second half. People seem to figure them out very quickly heading in the third and eventually in the fourth quarter. They are just done. So the defense, and then what does the offense do? The simple fix seems to just be give Christian the ball slightly more. Can't hurt. No, it'll only help you. You're right. Because we know what it looks like if you don't give him the football. (laughs) Right? We've seen that. Overall, a good day for the Carolina Panthers. Not a good day because someone lost his job, but for the direction of the team. Yeah, I don't think it's a good day for the Carolina Panthers. Let me say that. I don't think I, I let me also say I don't think necessarily firing Matt Rule makes it a better day. It still puts us in a place where we're still uncertain what is the identity of the Carolina Panthers. Now what I do think is when now that you have Coach Wilkes as the head coach, I think he will give 110% to figure out and to, to to wean out who and what the Carolina Panthers should be moving forward. Because ultimately, our mantra is keep pounding. I'm Steve Smith Sr. Coley Mech. And this is Cut To It. <laughs>